You're listening to Creator Catalyst, the podcast where we dive into the nitty gritty of what it takes to be a successful YouTuber, influencer, and content creator. I'm your host, Leija Miller. I'm a lawyer, YouTuber, content creator, and entrepreneur with over 300,000 followers across multiple platforms. I'm here every week talking about this business and what you need to succeed. So buckle up kiddos and let's dive in. Oh, and don't forget to check out my free masterclass where I teach you my three-part formula for YouTube success. If you're ready to finally just get started on your YouTube dreams already, then this masterclass is for you. Check the link in the description or go to delusionmediamasterclass.com to register today. Okay, let's get into it. Today, we're chatting with Kennedy Myers. She's a true crime YouTuber who has also built a following of 800,000 subscribers over on TikTok, where she makes cake baking and other cooking content. We'll discuss her processes, how she got into the true crime niche, and how she keeps it simple and makes content without overthinking it. I'm so happy that Kennedy made the time to be on the podcast, and I'm excited for you to hear all the little knowledge nuggets that she drops for you. This podcast is filmed live in front of the Catalyst Club audience. If you wanna get in on future live recordings and exclusive Q&A that you won't hear anywhere else, you can join the club by signing up for my course, Catalyst Academy, today at the link in the description. Now, let's get into the interview. I want to know, Kennedy, how you got started on YouTube specifically and in that true crime genre. What drew you to that? Well, the pandemic kind of like popped it off, I guess, for everybody. Like everybody was interested in the whole true crime thing. And I never really thought like there was a room for like black creators in, in that space. Until I saw someone else. Um, her name is Brittany Vaughn. She does true crime and makeup too. And I was like, okay, well, she does it. She's more relatable to me as a black woman. And if she can do it, then I feel like I can do it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so definitely. Does that, how does that affect your choice of kind of the stories that you cover? Because I know, I mean, I watch true crime, but it's very like white female dominated with white women talking about murders of white women. So like, does that have an impact on the stories you're covering? oddly enough no because for me personally when the victims look like me it is so triggering to me and i will really cry i cry in every video like if they're female <laughs> black victims it triggers me so bad i'm a huge cry baby so like i don't want to say i can't relate when you know the victims are like white females or like white men but it's just different and it helps me disconnect I guess in a way I hope that doesn't sound like horrible but that's like <laughs> a big thing for me like I would love to cover more black true crime but it's just so heavy for me like it is I, I can't explain it it's just something like I try to not steer away from but like if I was to cover black true crime in the same way that I covered other true crime it would be way way heavier for me like, yeah too much to do that's really interesting I was wondering kind of with the true crime genre, I know like some of the biggest true crime creators like Bailey Sari, and she takes like a week off every month just to decompress. And yeah. it sounds like you do have some boundaries around making sure that you protect your mental health with all of this, but how do you kind of manage that piece of it? I batch film. I was just telling my uh, audience this the other day, like I take a couple of days out of every other week and just get it all out, like <laughs> research and film as much as I can in like three to four days. And then I'm taking a huge break in between. So like my audience, they see me frequently, but I'm not like doing true crime every single day. Like I tried mm -hmm. to do like a couple days on and then a week and a half off. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Because <laughs> otherwise, I just, I couldn't imagine consuming the content all the time, back to back to back, to stay consistent, like sporadically. I batch it all. Yeah. Are you someone who consumes true crime content? Do you watch other people's videos? Do you watch like all the documentaries? Yeah. Yeah. And it's still like super interesting to me, but like, I'll be tiptoeing around my house and like jumping when doors slam and I'm like, okay, I need to take a break. <laughs> it's too much. Like I need to distance myself from this for a little bit because you get paranoid. Yeah. So it's like give and take. I research, then I stop and I kind of know what my boundaries are and when I've had a little bit too much. That makes sense. So speaking of boundaries, I know that with content creation generally, it can be kind of this all-encompassing, always having to put out more and more content. And we'll talk about, you know, your TikTok and Instagram and, and the cake content you make, but how do you balance that just in terms of the amount of content you're making day to day or week to week? There's no balance. <laughs> <laughs> There's no balance. I don't know how to find a balance because it's hard. Like it would be easy to balance it if it wasn't like something I was passionate about, something I was interested in, like if it was something I had to drag my feet to do, but it's something I'm drawn to. It's something I enjoy. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word, but it's interesting. And it's like, I have, I take a break because I don't want to be paranoid, but also because like I physically have to remove myself from the true crime because I'm interested. How, how do you find unique true crime stories? Because I feel like everyone's talking about them. Um, all the time. And I'm always seeing these completely new stories pop up. And I don't understand where people are finding those. Well, I think it's like the same as like your TikTok for you page. Like my Instagram knows that I like true crime. My TikTok knows mm. that I like true crime. My YouTube knows that I like true crime. <laughs> so it's everywhere. Hulu, Netflix, they all know. Like, so it's constantly like all over the place. So I, I truly don't have to look through <laughs> All yeah. my algorithms know. Yes. That's, I mean, that makes sense. That's kind of how I do it too. Like all of my algorithms know that I'm interested in like history and politics. And so it's always, I'm, I'm always keeping my mind open to inspiration while I'm consuming content as well. What's your process for actually sitting down and making a video? I know you said you batch create, but how, how are you taking notes? Are you using a teleprompter? Like what's your process start to finish look like? So I draft up a Google Docs, like pretty old school bullet points. And I do things um, in the order that they happen. So I'll find all the information, put it in the order, like chronological order, and then pull from different sources, fill in information here and there and stuff like that. Um, and when true crime cases are like bigger, there's pretty much information everywhere. It's hard not to find it. Newspapers and stuff like that, they're all online now. I just don't like to do the type of research that feels like prying. Like I'm not going to like the family's Facebook page and taking pictures and, you know, pull in their statuses. I don't do that kind of thing. And um, I try to stick to like, I don't like to put pictures in my videos at all, really. Um, but it's something my audience likes and something they will complain about if I don't. But it was, if it's like a hundred percent up to me, I wouldn't do it. But when it comes to pictures and stuff like that, especially family pictures, I try to only get things that are like at the top of the Google search. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm prying into someone's memories or special times with a loved one that they lost. So that's one thing that it's, I try to balance the most is like, 
toying the line between like researching in a way that would be like comfortable to the family. I don't want to feel disrespectful. You know, it's, that's the one thing when it comes to research and true crime that bothers me is making the family uncomfortable. And that's a lot of the reason why like my true crime videos are shorter. Like once I feel like I've gone over the deep end and I'm telling you what the victim wore to her high school prom, like I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. No, I think that that's definitely a, a common criticism I've heard. So that's that's interesting that you've kind of thought critically about it and drawn those kind of boundaries around it for yourself. Because, yeah, I think that's important to kind of constantly be thinking about the content you're making and its effect on the larger world, I guess. Like it is just a YouTube video, but it's also not, you know, it affects it's people. Not, yeah. It's somebody's mm -hmm. life. Yeah. And so you currently on YouTube, how many subscribers do you have? 26,000. Okay. Wow. That's like 5,000 more than the last time I checked. So <laughs> was that something that happened really quickly for you? Like, was it something where you already had a bunch of followers for your cake content and then they kind of came over or how did that growth happen? No, that's the crazy thing. The true crime started first. Like a lot of people don't okay. know that true crime was first. And I've been doing true crime on YouTube for about two years. Never super consistently, but it's like, it's been slow. <laughs> Yeah. For me, it's been super slow, especially compared to the growth I've seen on um, my other platforms. But what can you do? <laughs> yeah. Right. Keep posting, yeah. I guess. Yeah, literally. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So talking about the other platforms. So so if you've been posting for only two years, true crime stuff, how long have you been posting cake baking on like TikTok, for example? I would say maybe a, like a year and a half, maybe less, maybe a little over a year. It hasn't been like a super long, at least it doesn't feel like it's been a super long time. They yeah. happened around the same time, but true crime was definitely first. Mm -hmm. The cake stuff, I, I can't even explain that growth. I, like, I don't, I don't. Well, they're fun videos. I watch them every time you put out a new one. I'm like, yes, this is beautiful. Tell me more. <laughs> and like, it's fun because you don't, I feel like there's so much baking food type content that's very perfectionistic and yeah. like beautiful photography and like very unattainable. Um, not that I could ever make the types of cakes that you're making because they're really impressive, but it feels approachable, which is nice, mm -hmm. I think. Did you have like one TikTok specifically really blow up that led to a bunch of growth or has it been kind of steady? I was, I think it's like one of the first cake videos I posted, like when TikTok was a little bit different and like everything went viral, mm. I um, did my first cake. It was a Patron cake and it just went nuts. Like I think right now, one of the videos has, cause they deleted it and I was heartbroken. My video oh. was taken down because it was a, um, one of those rap songs and they said the n-word so my video got taken down for mm -hmm. that so i reposted it and then the video that they took down got put back up but i want to say it's probably around like 15 million views together for both of the videos and i had like a hundred thousand followers in a week it was nuts like just crazy but tiktok was different back then right and that's so weird to say back then it was literally like yes. 18 months ago <laughs> And yet it's a new beast. How are you? So to, to give some background and you could, 
probably explain this too, but like on TikTok, there's been a very noticeable shift, especially over the last six months of just, they're just not pushing it the same way that they used to. So virality is not as easy. Has that been your experience? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not anywhere near as easy to grow in the beginning as it is now, but I feel like TikTok has matured as a platform. So like now the followers, they mean a little bit more than they did before. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't mind the switch. I don't mind the change. And you just, it's, you can post on YouTube and you know how the video is going to do, but literally you can post a TikTok and go to sleep and have 5 million views when you wake up. And I think like no other platform is like that. And with TikTok, the risk is worth the reward. Like you can get, can get in front of so many eyes so fast or, you know, five people can see it. You just never know. Yeah. So I think it's really cool. It's like a lottery in that sense. I don't mind it as much as I did when things first started to change. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I, that's what's funny because YouTube, it's like, okay, I have this number of subscribers. So I know like this about this many people are going to watch it. But on TikTok, you could have zero subscribers and then have a video. That's what happened to me. I had maybe 4,000 subscribers. And then I started reading the US Constitution out loud on TikTok, like article by article. And then people were getting into mm -hmm. arguments in the comments. And this was, yeah, about a year ago, back when it was a little easier. And so because people were commenting a bunch, I had videos where I was like reading article two of the Constitution, I got like 5 million views. And like, you know, so it's just TikTok is such a it's just a, a wild. Yeah. Wild West of, of content creation, certainly. How often are you baking cakes and filming it? Because it feels like you're coming up, like it feels like you're just churning cakes out. <laughs> and I do bake a lot, but I, I don't think it's as often as people seem. Because I was wondering that too. I was like, damn, am I really baking this many cakes? But I actually went through and like counted. And I was like, okay, it's only been like 10 cakes this year, which is not like crazy. You know, yeah. when I used to make like 10 cakes every weekend, you know, so I guess for me, since I come from a background of like working in a bakery and then I had my own cake business, like selling cakes out of my house, there's cakes hanging off the ceiling. Like, I don't know, so making yeah. a cake like every other day or once a week doesn't bother me. So I don't know. Are you, do you still have a cake business at all? No. Mm -mm. from the growth that you've seen on TikTok and Instagram with your cake baking, have you kind of monetized that or is it, is it all brand deals? Are you selling cakes and stuff on the side too? No, I don't sell cakes anymore just because it's so much of a like hassle and it's a lot of hard work. Like it's a mm -hmm. lot, <laughs> but yeah, all, all of it's monetized Instagram, YouTube, um, TikTok, TikTok just changed their, creativity program whatever for like the third time and it's way 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 better than it was is it um yeah way better what's better about it i haven't really looked into it like i made i don't give a damn um the first <laughs> month i made like 870 bucks on videos that would normally make me like 50 bucks yeah Amazing. Like, so I it's mean, just it's like ad grass. revenue that they're giving you? Yeah. Mm. And it isn't consistent by any means. Like I never know like where the money is coming from or like none of that. But it's way better than it was previously. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Because that's always been the complaint is like you can get 5 million views on a TikTok and make $5 from that. Yeah. It's not that way anymore. 
So that's good to know. It's been way easier to post and way more of an incentive to post. Yeah, totally. And so are you, do you do brand deals, um, like sponsored videos on TikTok or Instagram? Mm -hmm. How is monetizing, what's the difference between monetizing an Instagram versus a TikTok versus a YouTube? And is there one that's better for monetization? Um, I can't really say that there's much of a difference. I've Navigating brand deals on like all three platforms, it's all pretty much the same process. Um, the only thing that's obviously different are the numbers because my platforms are so different. And um, it's like, we just don't know what to charge. <laughs> like everything's constantly changing. The climate is like so different. Like some uh, brands on TikTok feel like $10,000 for a TikTok is like A-OK, -okay, like the standard. Some feel like 100 is like the most they can do. While on like YouTube, the same brand. Well, like it, it's just wild. Like there's no rules. Everything's made up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have no idea how to navigate any of it, truly. We're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, I was even talking to my manager. She was like, you know, how do you, like, what is comfortable for you on TikTok when it comes to, like, um, brand deals? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, she doesn't know. And the brands don't know, like, from every end, from every angle, nobody really knows, like, what the what the right price is. Like, you know, so I guess it just all depends on how bad a brand wants you and how your content resonates with them. Because I feel like everybody's just making it up. Mm-hmm. But it does feel like even more made up on TikTok, like YouTube, it's starting to be a little bit more standardized. But yeah, TikTok, and I, I've heard that a lot of brands are skittish about TikTok because they're not sure, but then, and right. brands are also starting to pull back because the economy is bad, even though yeah. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Um, so how, I know you already said that there was no balance, but like you are making content for TikTok, for Instagram, for YouTube. How do you, how do you manage all those separate platforms at the same time? Well, with making YouTube the priority, cause like that's where it takes the longest to make the content. So mm -hmm. I make sure I get a YouTube video in, I plan those out. And then with the cakes, it's just me doing what I want to do. So it's not, hard to find the time to like make the cake because I want to make the cake or oftentimes it's birthdays for like friends and family. So it's a cake that I'm going to make anyway, might as well throw the camera up and, you know, film it. So I, I just, I always want to bake. I truly love baking. So it's really not hard for me to time, find the time to do it. I bake at 2am if I had to, you know, it's just what's fun for me. So I'll stick it in anywhere. Like I, I truly don't, it's not a struggle at all. Like at all it's yeah. like second nature that's great i mean that's a good kind of testament to like how important it is to pick the type of content you're making based on what you actually give a shit about because i know a lot of yeah. people are like i just want to start a youtube channel and i don't know what right. but i talk i talk a lot about needing to really focus in on something you actually care about because yeah then it becomes fun right and stuff that i would be doing anyway i would bake cakes and brownies and cookies that nobody was watching so so speaking of balance, you're a mom. Um, <laughs> how do you balance family <laughs> with all of that on top of that? And like, what are your thoughts on kids on camera? I 
don't do my kids on camera. Not to say I'd never post like a picture here and there, but that's, I don't know. Like they're not old enough to determine whether or not like being on camera every day is something they're comfortable with. So I just rather not my oldest. Oh my God. He would be on camera every day. <laughs> like that is like, he wants to be in the TikToks all day, every day, but I just, I don't, it's just, it's weird to me. I don't think it's their place. Cause he doesn't even have TikTok, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't let him watch YouTube. Like he's on kids, Hulu, kids, Netflix, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> even though he's almost 11. So I don't like the idea of like having him in videos that he can't even watch yeah and I think specifically for me because I like to be myself I want to curse and dance and like maybe I'm in a bralette you know making cakes and it's a little bit sexy and my hair is pulled up you know so it's I don't know I don't like it and so are you when do you find the time to bake and make videos and stuff in between being a mom yeah and while they're at school I get most of my work done while they're at school um so that's pretty much it. And like, you know, when the cake videos are toned down, filming while they're at home isn't hard either. Are you is are you full time content creation right now? Mm-hmm. When did that? I was bartending, but like, even with bartending, it's something I love to do. So I was going into work like just whenever I wanted. I pick up a shift like everybody would joke every six weeks because that's how <laughs> often I had to work uh, to keep my job. I was bartending at Top Call. Okay. So I was going in here and there, but then like the work just got to be too hard. It's like, I don't want to work this hard. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if I could go into like a laid back bartending job where I didn't have to like clean, like if I could just throw drinks at people all day, I would do it day in and day out. Cause that's just another thing that I truly, truly love to do. I love to mix drinks and get people drunk and like have a party, mm-hmm. but I just haven't, that's one thing I've had to X out cause the late nights and stuff like that. I just haven't been able to work that in, um, as often as I needed to, but like, I just made a point of doing the things that I want to do, like bartending, baking cakes and talking about true crime. And I figured out a way to make those all <laughs> make money for me. Yeah. And then I just X'd out the bartending. So how far into your content creation? So you've been doing it for two years. How long did it take for you to go full time on it? Um, maybe just around the year mark. Cause once it's like crazy how easy it is. Like when you're juggling two platforms, especially with the cake, I can turn those out all day, every day. So once I ushered in the cake and started doing that more consistently, it was a wrap. Wow. Yeah, That's like great. technically I haven't like I've been bartending for fun, but I haven't had like a real job that I had to go to in a minute. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like it was just more consistent posting, but are there specific tactics you used to grow your channel on YouTube or kind of get it in front of more people? That's one thing I don't think I've mastered. I don't have any YouTube tactics, growth tactics. I just post. Mm-hmm. I, 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 That's all I know how to do is post on YouTube. That's great. But definitely on um, TikTok and Instagram reels. Like, you know, like they say, you need like a hook or stuff like that. But you definitely do keep people watching for the first five seconds and then they'll watch the whole video. Um, 
being presentable. I know a lot of people say you can get on TikTok just looking crazy and you definitely can. But like, obviously, when you're someone that's like nice to look at, people are going to watch for longer. Um, the food looks good. It's not hard to make people watch a food video. Mm. People love food. I think people like to look at food more than they actually like to eat food. So mm. it's not hard, really. Making people laugh, which is something I like to do. So, mm -hmm. How do you make a good hook? How do you, what do you do to reel them in in that first five seconds? I Normally, like when I'm baking a cake for like a friend or family, I think about like the day we're going to have. And I'm just kind of like a goofy, silly person. So like the first goofy, crazy thing that I can think of to like open the video, that's what it is. And I don't have to think about it too hard. It's not scripted, but I know, okay, like, um, okay. So when I made that cake for my friend that said, dump him, like, you know, she's not being who she needs to be. She's not get it together. Like it's easy to like come up with a cute hook, mm -hmm. like a jabby punchline, you know, to open the video. And I don't if that's like an everybody thing, but I just, I like to make people laugh. And I think maybe it comes from like bartending too. I know how to open it up and get things going. Yeah, that's great. I was, I was thinking about that, that dump him cake. Cause that really, it did. It drew me right <laughs> in. I was like, oh, what are we making? Show me. This is funny. So was, that's still like one of my favorite cakes to this day. Did that video blow up? Oh yeah. Allie and AJ commented on the video. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's cool. It was crazy. Yeah. That video, I think, has like 5 million views. How do you... So speaking of comments, do you get negative comments often? Which platforms do you get them on? And how do you handle them? Well, I really, surprisingly love enough, I don't get any hate comments on YouTube. Knock on wood. I'm going to get 12,000 tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Like most of it is on um, TikTok obviously because there's just so many there's just so many people so many faceless people on tiktok and um normally like when i click on a hate comment it's someone who's trying to do the same thing i'm doing and that oh. is what blows my mind like you'll click on a hate comment and it's someone cooking or baking it's like it is crazy like Eight times out of 10, it's someone who's trying to do the exact same thing you're doing, but maybe they feel like they're not doing it as successfully <clears throat> as you are. And like the kind of comments you get on like all videos where you're cooking, you're not using gloves, even though I'm in my, like I comment this all the time. I'm in my house in booty shorts. What about me <laughs> cooking in a bra and panties make you, that you feel like I need to have gloves on? Like, <laughs> It blows my mind every time. But with hate comments, I tell myself, okay, if you're going to respond to this hate comment, then go respond to all the nice comments first. If you're going to mm. take the time to respond to someone who's shitting on you, go respond to all the people who are being nice. Like, put the energy into that first. And I'm like, okay, well, I won't do that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's an interesting observation that they're doing the same thing as you. I've also found that TikTok comments are the meanest i think just because you're swiping and people become like the humanity and the people who are posting kind of goes yeah. away so it's a lot easier for people to comment awful things and a lot of times it's like for me it's like 14 year old boys just being weird like commenting mean things and i'm like i'm being bullied by a teen right now on the internet and this is not where i thought my life was gonna go but all right <laughs> here we are but i love that idea of commenting on the nice ones or making yourself comment on the nice ones before the mean ones. Because the mean ones really, they really draw you in when you know that person is wrong. I don't know why. 
I'm starting, I think I'm starting to get over it, honestly. I don't know, because yeah. like, like I said, there's always someone who's doing something um, similar to what you're doing. And it's always people that look like you. Like I get so many hate comments. Mm -hmm. Like I would say I barely, rarely ever get hate comments from white women or white men. It's normally black women. And I don't know mm -hmm. what that is scientifically, statistically, I don't know what that is, but it's just, I don't, so I just, whatever. I try not to put as much energy into it as I used to, because, oh my God, I used to get so mad. <laughs> but no, right? I, like, I don't care. You got to protect that energy. I, yeah. I've also, I don't really even read my comments very often these days. It's more just like if I have a free moment and I'm feeling good about myself and ready to be insulted, I'll jump in and look at a few. <laughs> but I could totally see like why you wouldn't want to read your comments because of the type of men your content attracts. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, oh God, I couldn't even imagine like it. I, honestly. I mean, small side anecdote. It has been a recent change. My first video that blew up was about RuPaul's Drag Race. So most of my audience was like gay men and it was totally fine. But now, because my most recent video to blow up was about Ronald Reagan, it's all mm -hmm. men in their 60s. And yeah. I'm starting to get like LinkedIn requests and like handwritten letters to my P.O. box, like old man things. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a shift. Honestly, a lot of them have been very nice, but I still am, I'm fine. Like, I don't I don't want to be your LinkedIn connection either yeah. way. Thank you. It's, it's I strange. Attracting that type of crowd, that would like that, my brain would explode. I <laughs> That's why I don't read the comments. <laughs> Do you have, any sort of like tools, software, apps, things that you use to help you create your content that you love that you would recommend? Mm, not really. I I keep everything super basic. Just say like I've been doing this for a minute. I I still edit on iMovie. Like oh I really? My, yeah, I edit my TikToks on my phone. Like nothing super complicated. And I guess that's another reason why it doesn't take me a lot of time to get things out because I keep things basic. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean. I think that's a great lesson because people always overthink it. I think in I have a course that people are taking that there's a whole section on like tech. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of people get hung up on the tech aspect of just getting videos out there, yeah. making them, putting them, they have to be perfect, like all of that. Did you have any video editing experience before you started two years ago? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And everything's just so chill i try i'm scared to complicate things because i don't want to have to learn a new software and all that i know eventually i'll need to but i still edit on imovie on a mac that i got in like 2017. Mm -hmm. i've had the same softbox lights since like 2018. like I, nothing is complicated i couldn't explain any of the fancy stuff to anybody i what kind of camera do you use yeah a canon g7x <laughs> right amazing like, Super chill. I've owned one like big um, DSLR camera, but I took it back because I didn't know how to work it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before I like commit to getting um, new equipment, I need to like go to school to learn how to use it. Like a YouTube video is not enough for me. I need someone in my face telling me how to work the camera because otherwise, like, it's expensive, but I don't know how to use it. So like, not using it the way it should be used. And yet like, you still are living and making full-time content creator dreams. So like, 
that's a great lesson for us all, I think. Keep it simple. Super simple, yeah. Yeah, I love it. So I was, my next question was about if your processes for creating content have changed over the last two years. Have you learned things and changed? But it kind of sounds like you've kind of resisted that and just stuck with what you know. Yeah, the only thing I used to like take all my notes for true crime on paper. Mm. <laughs> I had to think about like writing it all down. Um, I just stopped doing that. I do Google yeah. Docs now. <laughs> That's really it. I still do the same old, same old making outlines on my computer, screenshotting things, like that's pretty much it. Nothing has really changed. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but everything is about to change, like I said, because I'm moving, there's about to be more space, more opportunity, everything's gonna be so cute. So like I'm on the cusp of changing. <laughs> okay, yeah, because you're, you don't even, like when you film, I'm picturing your background. It's a pretty basic backdrop that you use usually, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Just windows. Yeah. <laughs> If there is, if you were to give a piece of advice to someone who's starting a YouTube channel right now, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, like we touched on earlier, post about the things you're passionate about, post about things you would be willing to talk about even if everybody was watching. Like, and I feel like everybody who wants to be a YouTuber has like moments where they're just like going through their day, like talking out loud. Okay, like if this was a YouTube video, this is what I would do those type of things like it has to be something you're passionate about or you're never going to be consistent it's going to be so discouraging like when i started posting true crime content nobody was watching but the few subscribers i had loved it and that was enough for me and it's grown over time um with cake i was passionate about it from the beginning obviously but it just so happened to blow up and i didn't have to you know have like that small baby face but even though i was super passionate about cakes it was hard for me to start posting on instagram because like that's where all the people that like know me and my parents my family people that went to high school with me like i was so scared to like transition that content from TikTok to reels but i did it and i should have started started sooner so it's just like those small hurdles you have to get over but once you find what you're passionate about it should it should be easy like it shouldn't be hard it shouldn't be difficult it shouldn't be awkward well, it might be a little awkward but like once you get the hang of it it should be something that you want to do yeah how did you how did your family react when when you did start posting those reels or when they found out that you're blown up well they didn't know for a long time really <laughs> crazy they did not know for like the longest time until like I said I wasn't working as much as I used to they were like what are you doing and um, I was like I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I cannot like there were so many times my dad had called me just to check on me in the midst of me filming and he'd be like what are you doing and I'm like nothing <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile there's like five lights in my face and I'm like nothing just doing nothing <laughs> Um, and I don't like I told them about it, but I don't think they understood until like their coworkers and stuff like that started coming up to them like, hey, is this your daughter? Like, is this your daughter? And now it's like in perspective, like uh, me and my dad were going to dinner. I took my dad out to a really nice dinner <laughs> for mm -hmm. Father's Day. And um, somebody stopped us in traffic and she rolled down her window and she was like, I watch you on YouTube. Oh and um, that was like that blew his mind. And then yeah. uh, we went to a 90th birthday party. And um, we have family that's in California and some people that were in town for the party, a girl came up to me and she was like, oh my God, are we related? Like I watch your TikToks all the time. Whoa. And 
mind was blown. And he, I heard him <laughs> later on that night, like telling people about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Do you get recognized often? Yeah. Really? More, That's cool. More for TikTok than um, YouTube. Obviously, the cake videos like are insane. <laughs> like people are always like, "Are you the girl that bakes cakes on YouTube?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> and is your family like? Obviously, your dad sounds excited. Do they do they get it now, or are they still kind of like, "I don't know what Kennedy does." Yeah, I like <laughs> they get it, but they don't get it. Like they yeah. get the like. I get a lot of packages, and <laughs> I'm always like, because a lot of the sponsorships are like food related. So like, there's always like food and I need to get rid of this and that because I just got so much of it. Um, but like, they don't really like, they, they don't get it a hundred percent. Like, I don't know if they ever will. Yeah. Yeah. But I've had that experience. Yeah. They just don't understand like the social media thing. Like it would make sense to them if I was on like TV and I was like, you know, popular in that way. But like on the phone, I don't think they really understand. Yeah. My sister-in-law was over and she stuck her head into my office and I have like this whole set, like I've got this camera and this light and this mic. And she's, she was like, I thought you were a lawyer. And I was like, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> and then just left it at that. <laughs> it is. It, it's, and I don't know how to explain it to people. Like I just, I don't know. Cause yeah. I don't really know what's going on <laughs> just here. Yeah. It's the wild west. We're just making content, having fun. Making money somehow. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have? I don't know. <laughs> yes. That's what I keep saying. I'm like, I'm paying my mortgage, whatever. It's working. So you said that you just moved and you're like planning some some changes and stuff. Do you have some kind of projects you're working on? Anything new, exciting coming up for you? Well, yeah. So I'm in my old place. That's why there's like stuff everywhere. But the new house is just so cute. And the kitchen is so cute. And my first like big project on um, TikTok is going to be breaking in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I want to cook my way through Snoop Dogg's cookbook. Whoa. Yeah. Like I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like I am so excited. And I think I'm going to make that a thing, like cooking through different cookbooks on my TikTok to incorporate more cooking um, on top of the baking because I like to cook too. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, I'm so excited. Like the sky is the limit. Everything's going to be so nice. The lighting in my new place is so nice. So I just like I can do everything, but that's like the thing I'm most excited about. And I'm going to be doing that on YouTube as well and making a whole thing. So I'm so excited. What are you doing? What are you doing on the YouTube side? The cooking from through Snoop Dogg's cookbook as well, but like long form. Oh, cool. Okay. So are you starting a separate channel for that? Yeah. I have a separate cool. channel already. I just haven't posted a lot on it, but I've posted like, I call them cake vlogs. <laughs> oh yeah. Baking and stuff on YouTube, like more long form. So yeah. That's so fun. I love that. I just love it. <laughs> I could talk about food all day. Yeah. And that's great. And that's what you're making content about. And that's perfect because you should want to talk all day about what you're making right, content about. Yeah. Have you ever experienced any sort of like burnout when it comes to content creation moments where you've just been like, oh my God, I hate this or like feeling resentful? Yeah, definitely with true crime for sure. Like it, mm -hmm. sometimes it, it starts to feel yucky sometimes if I'm being totally honest. Um, if I think about it too hard, it's like, you know, you want to be um, a host. Like, you know, I want to make my audience feel comfortable. I want to show my personality. Um, 
and the more comfortable and the more time I spend behind camera, like that's just something that comes natural for me. But it's like, would the victim's family be comfortable watching this? Like I'm talking about what I ate for dinner before we get into the case. You know, I'm talking about moving and the things I'm doing in my life and how great my life is going before we get into something tragic. Like that whole, I don't know. Like I definitely do feel burnout and it's just, but I get over it. <laughs> <laughs> like you take, it's just through the taking the breaks that helps. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. sometimes I feel so like uncomfortable about it. I feel like I'm never going to do true crime again, but I always get sucked back in. There's always something that's like so interesting that I want to talk about, but it definitely, I get burnt out on true crime for sure, but never, never baking. How did you, how long did it take you to get comfortable filming yourself in front of a camera? Uh, I can't necessarily say like how long. And I think with the true crime, it's, easier because you don't like it's not just 45 minutes of me saying whatever comes to the top of my head i'm giving you the facts of the case so it's not like a lot of ad-libbing or you know like it's just the facts of the case so um if i sound like a news anchor because i'm like nervous it's okay yeah yeah and as i've like gotten more comfortable it's relaxed a little bit but i can't really put a time frame on it because i don't really know when it happened I think it's, yeah. you know, gradual. I think it's still happening every day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, sure. that's what's cool about, yeah, creating content is you are kind of always evolving, even if you're keeping it simple, like there are still things you're, you're tweaking and learning and stuff. I think that's really cool. So where can people find you to follow your Snoop Dogg cooking journey and your true crime content? Where can they find you? So my TikTok is at Kennedy Myers. I'm pretty sure I'm a double check because they're all different. Because somebody's Kennedy Myers on Instagram. Of course. She's a very nice lady. I've been following her for years, waiting for her to give up her <laughs> She has three sons. <laughs> and I've been following her for a very long time. Yeah, so my TikTok is at Kennedy Myers. My Instagram is at Kennedy M-E-Y-E. So Myers without the R-S. Mm -hmm. And then I'm on YouTube. So the cake channel is Kennedy Myers. And then the true crime channel is true crime king, all one word. Thanks so much for being here. This was so fun. Of course. Thank you. Thanks so much for watching. If you enjoyed this, you can get in on the live Q&A sessions with everyone that I interview by joining the Catalyst Club. And the only way you can join the Catalyst Club is by joining Catalyst Academy, my course, linked in the description. Or check out a number of my free resources, which are also linked in the description. Thanks so much for watching. Have a good day. Bye-bye.